0: I'm not here to poke holes in suspended disbelief.
1: Anyway, they see some weird shit, they decide to make a baby.
0: Thou working merchant. Who gives a fuck? Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home and the soil is a little better. So, yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle.
1: If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone. Yeah. I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier.
0: Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, it was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it.
1: <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. And he A thrill intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up to wipe their butts, some people stay seated to wipe their butts. Like it just
0: connect your degree to the real world. My name is Ed Laylon, world history and English teacher here in Northern California. And um, we've had a long conversation before we started recording uh, this evening, but one thing I have not mentioned anything to you about today, uh, because I wanted to get your reaction totally without any preparation, is um, I, I had to spend the afternoon today uh, getting my car back from the body shop because... Uh week before last, um, I was pulling out of our driveway. We live in an apartment complex, uh, had my whole family in the car, me, the wife and our son. So like literally everybody who is most important to me in the world in the car with me. And um, we we live on a on a busy through fare. four lanes, two lanes going each way with a turn lane, suicide lane colloquially in the center. And there was heavy traffic in the lanes, on the on the right-hand lanes, closest to our, our driveway. And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. We're, we're going out to meet friends of, of my wife for dinner. And, uh, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And my wife says, pull out. Folks are giving you room. Just, you know, pull out and people will see you. And I'm like, I really don't like, this. okay, fine. I don't like doing this. So I pull out into the first lane and then there's somebody in the second lane stops. They wave me on. I pull out in the second lane and, and my plan was, I'm just going to pull, I'm going to turn into the suicide lane and then wait for traffic going the way we're going, wait for a gap there and then pull out into traffic. That was my plan. So I'm going three or four miles an hour and I'm edging out past the second row of cars and some son of a bitch comes up the suicide lane at 25 miles an hour and I slam on my brakes and I come to a stop just as the rear corner panel of his vehicle rips my license plate off and scuffs the shit out of my front bumper. (laughs) So now here's the deal. According to the law, according to the way fault gets assigned, Mm -hmm. he was already in traffic. Mm -hmm. I was coming out into traffic. Mm -hmm. So the fault lies with me except he was in the he he had we had a witness saying he mm-hmm. was in the suicide lane for over a block which you're not supposed to do mm-hmm. and he was going at a rate of speed in the suicide lane you should not be going so I still wound up having to pay my $500 deductible now part of the reason I didn't mention anything about this to you before is the last time I mentioned that something had happened to my car you you snickered and said, do you think maybe naming your car the Razor Crest was a bad idea? So I want you to know, mm-hmm. it wasn't the first thing that crossed my mind after this son of a bitch <laughs> clipped my front bumper. Because the first thing was, I want to get out of my car and I want to beat this motherfucker to death with the license plate he just ripped off of my car. That was the first thing I wanted to do. And I'll tell you another time about how my wife reacted, which was much closer to actually doing that. Um. Uh. But. Uh. But like the third or fourth thing I thought was, oh shit! I'm not saying anything today <laughs> about this because I'm never gonna live it down. So yeah, I got to spend today getting my car back. Okay. After that happened, right. so maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I need to rechristen the vehicle. I would say. Because I would say got rear-ended, no fault of my own mm-hmm. on the freeway. Um, uh, front had had well had a had a had my had to have my windshield replaced no fault of my own and now this so yeah i'm kind of
1: I you know um, I would say with your yeah. ability to take responsibility for what has happened uh, you might want to rechristen it like the lady luck something that Lando owned because, okay well there you go okay okay uh, the possibly. refrain is it's not my fault it's not my
0: fault yeah no. that's true okay all right
1: well, thank you all for coming to car complaints yeah uh, well there you so. <laughs> go sorry
0: about that it was a bit long but so who the hell are you
1: I'm Damian Harmony uh, I am a Latin and drama teacher up here in Northern California I've had no car accidents because I don't go anywhere or do any thing because the plague is ravaging our lands uh i won't date this except to say that uh we have not attained herd immunity and people acting as though we have is leading to yet another spike all of this was predictable predicted foretold uh by anybody who studied history and frankly
0: or epidemiology or medical science so microbiology Uh, like like i have i have friends who are Mm -hmm. field adjacent to any number of those areas who were saying no no this is a bad thing like one of my very good facebook friends who i unfortunately don't see nearly often enough in person even before the plague was was just looking at the graphs going guys math math yeah. I teach math yeah I don't think you understand how bad this is. let me show you mm-hmm. how bad this is and yeah. that was like last April
1: yeah no it, yeah. It, this was uh, yeah. again again if you just look at the influenza epidemic um then uh, you would see that this this is this makes sense
0: where 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 we are was totally predictable
1: yeah and yeah. and totally avoidable sadly. yeah yeah, entirely. Uh, but uh, other than that, um, yeah, no real tales to tell, um, okay. which is nice uh, considering yeah. well, you know, uh, uh, the tale that you know, you know, the,
0: the, the Chinese curse is, may mm-hmm. you live in interesting times. And, and our times right. are interesting enough yes. as it is. Yes. So, yeah.
1: So, hey, Ed, I got a question for you. What do you know of Swedish pop from the 90s?
0: I saw the sign. Oh, good. And it opened up my eyes. So, I saw the sign. <laughs> All right. No one's uh, going to drag you up to get into okay. the light you We where need to cut that belong. because uh,
1: you you went more than six seconds. So now BMI is going to be after us. Okay. Uh, or BMG. BMI is B- after us BMI. for other reasons. For other yes. reasons.
0: It's a load of shit, yeah. actually. It's why <laughs> BMI is after us. I am never going but. to make... What BMI says is normal. But anyway. Yeah. Well, we're so, getting off the subject. So, yeah, BMG is probably not going to be happy. No. But But uh, especially not with the way I murdered the tune. Yeah. But- well, there's that.
1: So tonight's episode is called Ace of Base and Swedish Neo-Nazism or Why I Think I Understand Better Adult Conversion to Religion. Okay. <laughs> there's so, a lot going on in that title. There is title. a lot going on in that okay. title. Okay. Yes. So... Um, I know that this is going to tickle your fancy quite a bit and that of several of our readers, cause I'm going to go back to June of 1940 and in okay. June of 1940, springtime mm-hmm.
0: for Hitler. And I'm not going to go any further because Good. again, yeah, you know, I would like to get through right. half yeah. a sentence.
1: Uh, so in June of 1940, Dune Boy, yeah. uh, Contra Admiral Carl <laughs> Durnitz, Then the head of the German U-boat division of the German Navy uh, sought to establish an Atlantic U-boat base in order to hamstring, lend, lease, and any commercial shipping from Britain. Yeah. 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 Uh, He hoped to use uh, one off the coast of Brittany, France, which of course tickled me, uh, because they are known for making javelins, uh, and the Brittany spears are just amazing. Nice, Nice. Uh, wow! So, and the only reason, and the only
0: reason it (laughs) took this long was because I spent so much time bitching about my car. Okay, got hit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So adjusted for car inflation. Uh, That's where, about three minutes in. Yeah, three in. minutes in. Yeah. On my own pod. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he wanted to do it in a small town called, and I, I looked this up via the Google pronunciation guide, Laurent.
0: Yeah. Okay. Lorient. L- L- Laurent. Yeah. Laurent.
1: Laurent. Uh, this had been the seat of power for the French East Indies Company in the late 1600s, and later uh-huh. the French Royal Navy had also set up a base oh, yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Big one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The French East Indies Company got absorbed by the Perpetual Company of the Indies and spent much of the 1700s engaging in the Atlantic slave trade, as well as trading eastward for spices. Okay. During the War of Austrian Succession, the British raided Laurent in 1746 with a really neat amphibious operation. The British failed... By the way, we're going to be talking about uh, Swedish pop in the 1990s. Yeah, well... I want you to see that we've gone back to the 1700s. Yeah, (laughs) So the,
0: uh, the context Brit- is everything. It absolutely is. So, you can't get there unless you unless you go. Here. Yeah. So yeah. I told you that story to tell you this one. <laughs> so
1: uh, in 1746, the British failed in their raid. They were driven back, and they weren't very successful in drawing French troops from Flanders, where uh, they were whooping ass on, on Fontenoy and Brussels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that that's that's stuff that, that's back
0: I, when the French were the major military yeah. power on the continent. Yes prior
1: to napoleon yeah like it's their their like their first their their original series yeah version yeah of yeah, being yeah yeah amazing
0: yeah as as opposed to the weird sequel that
1: you're either that was either, even that, that was, more amazing. That was deeply that was deeply yeah. polarizing either yes. you
0: really loved it or you hate it like immensely but
1: you can't argue it like it's it's, it's oh like, yeah
0: no it's a work of staggering genius yes. but you either love it to pieces or yeah. you absolutely despise it yes um what what I find interesting is that is um 1745 mm-hmm. is still the reign of the Sun King if I'm remembering correctly. Really? 17 Well no no I'm sorry no. No, no it's too late too yeah. late never mind. So that's Louis the 15th?
1: Yeah, I think it would be around the 15th.
0: Yeah, it would have been the 15th. So. So anyway, but, but it was, it was under, it was under the sun king that that reputation was established.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And by the 1740s, the generals still knew what they were doing. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they had not squandered uh their their military prowess quite yet
1: Do yeah well when? and not only that you were right it is uh king louis the 15th um, okay but uh not only that but like new weapons and new tactics had come onto the fore it wasn't pikemen anymore it was oh yeah no it was it was it was well people, muskets so. But yeah.
0: yes it was yeah. it was uh a musket square as opposed to pike right. square formation right nation. So, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Now, uh, interestingly, there'd been some disagreement amongst the British admiralty as to whether or not Normandy would be a preferable place to attack. I'm just tickled by that happening in 1746 when...
0: Well, because, you know... Almost 200 years later. So, geography doesn't fucking change, is the thing. (laughs) Like, speaking as the military science semi-minor guy who took a few courses in it, like... No, it's like, okay, no, look, the technology we're using to get to this, we don't have transporters yet. Right. We have to get in a fucking boat. Yeah. We have to float. Yep. While, and and in 1745, they they had cannon. Now, the accuracy was not anywhere near the same, but it was still like, we're going to have to advance onto a fucking beach. Oh, yeah. At the bottom of a fucking cliff (laughs) with fucking cannons on the top of it. Yeah. So... Like the difference is in in you know forty four it was no no now the cannons can shoot farther faster and blow up more shit more but we can accurately. Also bombard better. Well yeah we we yeah, have we have a better yeah. you know I mean but but, but still yes, yes for the guys in the thin hold steel boats right now fuck this man yeah. I but, don't but the thin
1: hold steel boats were also powered. Whereas, so, so,
0: yes, so in the 1700s, it's okay, we got to do all this Mm -hmm. when the wind favors it, yeah, right, or or get everybody rowing
1: exactly hard, get everybody rowing and then
0: and then then get on shore exhausted,
1: yes, yeah. Well, that's why you have marines, though, like, yeah, well,
0: yeah, yeah, Yeah. the sailors do the rowing and the marines get off, right, Right. Uh, hopefully, and then they disembark
1: as well, yeah, Uh, so uh the british failed to secure through surrender negotiations what they then failed to secure through warfare yeah enough of laurent was and and please forgive my mispronunciation the latin in me just wants to say lorient every time uh was made of stone that the british artillery did not have enough power to penetrate yeah and a lot of this failure also had to do with a lack of beasts of burden uh you can't bring in your biggest stuff and your men are exhausted
0: well, and I mean, the Rolling Stones weren't going to, you know, come around Good for point. another, you know, over 200 years. They were busy gathering so. moss. Yeah, so, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Now, maybe this is why the French were so arrogant about Dien Bien Phu uh, 200 plus years later. Because they're like, <laughs> Like, come us. on, you can't yeah. get here. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, they just underestimated the willingness of, of the, the native people they were subjugating to go, no, 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 yeah. fuck you're, you're you. You, are,
1: you. are. You already got evicted. And then we evicted <laughs> them. You don't get to you, come you back. You don't. No. No. Yeah. No.
0: Fuck you. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah.
1: Now, what I what I found fun about this was that David Hume had a lot to say about this. And Voltaire wrote a rejoinder. <laughs> and it's just, it's so wonderful when, like, uh, great thinkers, yeah. like, have a, a have a conference. Have an 18th century Twitter,
0: Twitter fight. Yeah.
1: So David Hume said of all of it, he, quote, The men seemed to fall prey to doubt. The sight of a dozen Frenchmen struck terror into our lines. Bragg's and Frampton's troops even exchanged several bursts of fire with them. Everyone was discouraged. Seek. Uh, and the rain, which fell for three days, was largely responsible. The route from the camp to the rest of the fleet was rendered impassable.
0: Okay. Now, was Hume saying this as somebody who was there? I didn't know. I couldn't. Or, I couldn't or was this, or out. was this put yeah. together like he was being a journalist? It of seems his that day. he had
1: an inordinate interest in it, and I couldn't figure out if he had a specific role in it. But I don't think that he actually uh did much in the way of fighting there because voltaire also had some shit to say which i'll quote in a second okay none of which indicates that it, and nothing that i know of either man indicates that they were there for this battle okay so the british were camped in the caroman moorland uh which added disease to their exhaustion yeah which is great french prostitutes uh, and at least one of the thousands of black slaves who were there to be deported elsewhere for profit also helped bluff the British into thinking that over twenty thousand French troops were staging a counterattack. <sighs> now, Laurent's militia, some fifteen thousand, were as numerous as they were as in, as as they were inexperienced, but the French had better weaponry, good defenses, and morale, and they had prostitutes running counterintelligence for them.
0: Yeah, well, and that always. That like any really anybody well. anybody who spent any time around infantrymen knows like yeah that's that's that's, that's the real yeah. key right there no what what's what's funny to me is you you talk about you know better weaponry and yep. what what immediately strikes me is it's the 1700s mm-hmm. and if they're behind any kind of defensive enfilade mm-hmm. that's already going to give them like No, no, you can be green, inexperienced, like, I barely know which end of my musket is which. (laughs) Troops, if you're behind cover in the 1700s, like... It's hard to fuck up, hide behind the wall. It's really hard to fuck that up. The the balance of power in the 1700s, and and for centuries before that, and for another century Mm -hmm. or more afterward, very, very heavily favored the defense over the offense if you were talking about prepared yes. positions. Yes. Like anybody who's read uh Killer Angels. Uh I don't know it. By Michael Shera. talking about Gettysburg. Oh okay, okay. There's there's a great there's a great passage in the Killer Angels from um not Jackson. Um
1: Longstreet. Long Street.
0: Yeah. From Longstreet's point of view, oh, and Analy- yeah, I'm amazed. <laughs> um, like the, the the closest thing you can get to an actual good Confederate mm-hmm. quotes. like. But anyway, uh, Longstreet literally has this this kind of monologue with himself about how I need to figure out how to convince Lee this is a bad idea uh. because here's the math about you know the right. range of a rifle musket and all of this kind of stuff, sure. and that's a prepared position they're at. We're gonna die. Yeah, yeah, you know. And that that carries over mm-hmm. back to the yep. time period we're talking about here. So anyway, so,
1: sorry. sorry. No, it's fine. The result was that the British surrendered and the town of Laurent became an important place of fortification for France from then on. Voltaire said of the whole affair, <laughs> quote, All this grand force produced nothing but mistakes and ridicule in a war in which everything else remained too serious and too terrible this upset david hume quite a bit who responded with quote a certain foreign writer more anxious to tell his stories in an entertaining manner than to assure himself in of their reality has endeavored to put this expedition in a ridiculous light but as there is not one circumstance and i love it cuz circum hyphen stance oh, yeah uh, of his narration which has any tr- which has truth in it or even the least appearance of truth it would be needless to lose time in refuting it I love that they oh. had a war of letters over this raid.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's an 1800s Twitter feud.
1: Yeah, so because uh, that's, I mean, like, yeah. tell me
0: that's not any number of political pundits oh, yeah. today that, going that, back and forth over that stuff. That's
1: uh, any number of um, that's Ben Shapiro versus anybody smart trying to go after Cardi B. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's you know what that is. Yeah. That's that's Tommy Lauren picking a fight with to- Cardi B and then being told, "I will drag you." Yeah, or AOC. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah.
0: I don't, I'm sorry. Yeah. Who? Yeah. You're, oh, wait, you're Shitter Pants Girl. Right. Right. Okay. Got it. So, in 1769,
1: a permanent naval base was established there. A lot of the French privateers during the American Revolution were based out of Laurent. Okay. The French Revolution and the Napoleonic Wars stopped most trade from there. But after all of that, it turned into a more modern port town, complete with its own dry dock. The Redoubtable was built there in 1876, okay, uh, which is the first ship in the world with a steel structure.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's no surprise that Durnitz wanted to build sub-pens there, uh, which, by the way, my um, autocorrect kept wanting me to uh, correct it to sub-penis. I'm like, no, we're not talking about the balls. No, no. uh, But he wanted to make uh, sub-pens there and make a forward base. Uh, he needed somewhere that would keep the U-boats close enough to the Atlantic to make a difference with enough supply routes coming in f- to it from inland via railroads and where he could bu- build bomb-proof subpens to keep them safe from British and later American bombings. Okay. Also, he looked at it and he was like, there's already a bunch of cafes, bars, and brothels. This is perfect for sailors. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, at its height, yeah. Laurent was able to shelter 30 subs from Allied bombings. The pens worked so well that the Allies shifted their efforts to the town of Laurent itself. And from mid-January to mid-February of, I believe, 1945, they flattened nearly 90% of Laurent, uh, making resupply much, much tougher. But the bunkers, the sub-pens, they never surrendered until the war was over. Oh wow. Now in nineteen forty one, subs that were coming out of Laurent, the the Caraman submarine base specifically, sunk over five hundred Allied ships in nineteen forty one. Oh yeah. Now that's Len L. Oh the Wolfpacks yeah, wolf were yeah, it was it yeah.
0: was it was one of the most mm-hmm. dramatically successful. Strategies that, that the Germans pursued. And when he was put on trial
1: war. for uh, his submarine warfare, because I mean, he's attacking civilian shipping. Yeah. Um, he was defended by the American sub uh, high commander of submarines saying, No, that's what we did to Japan. It's okay to do that. <laughs> I would like, have too. Like, yeah. like sorry. Uh, no. And we yeah, can't. Dernitz didn't get busted for no. that specific warfare. Yeah, I
0: know. There were plenty of other things. Yeah. Cause... Now
1: uh five hundred Allied ships, that's American and British ships almost yeah. exclusively. Uh two million nine hundred thousand tons of shipping, blah blah oh, blah, yeah. blah.
0: And that's that's yeah. vehicles, uh aircraft, fuel, mm-hmm. ammunition industry food supplies, yep. yeah, yep. industrial parts, yeah. raw materials, yeah. like you name it. Yeah.
1: Now more on this later. But for okay. right now I'm trying I'm trying to talk to you about uh, ace of bass the really fun swedish pop band right, from right right yeah no
0: i know and i i i we've been doing this long enough yep. i know eventually we're gonna get there i or... will come back around yeah, yeah. okay so
1: right. uh and i'm especially gonna be talking about their debut album the sign and there's some hinkiness there so let's talk about their members before we get into the debut album okay okay the iteration that i'm talking about so
0: we're putting a pin yes. in the submarine base
1: yep hold in on france then. yes okay yes
0: just making held sure by held the Nazis. by the Nazis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that, yeah. but, yeah. but geographically that's France. It's in France. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and okay. now we're going to, we're going to talk about the North sea a little okay. bit or not the North sea. What is the, that called? The Baltic. The, the Baltic. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, I think I think the Skagorak comes to mind for some reason. But I, I, I I'd, I'd have to look it up. Anyway, uh, but we're going to cross over to Sweden. Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the members. Now, the, this band had many iterations. The band, the iteration I'm talking about has the three siblings, Jonas Bergen, Jenny Bergen, or Bergen, uh, and Malin, uh, also known as Lynn, or so it may be Malin uh, Bergen. And then a fellow named Ulf Ekberg, the friend of Jonas. Okay. These are the four I'm talking about. Now, there were other members before and since, but since I'm doing a very specific dive into this band, these are the ones I'm going to focus on. Okay. So, Jonas who is also called Joker, is kind of the heart and soul of the music in this band. He's a producer. He's a singer, songwriter, guitarist, keyboard. I'm saying this in the present tense because he still does all these things. Okay. Uh, he still does most of the writing for the band presently. Okay. Um, he uh, Lynn is the most reclusive of the bunch. She mostly shows up to perform, uh, and then she disappears. In fact, she quit because she didn't want the fame and the attention. Okay. Um, She lives a quiet life now and she seems pretty happy according to her brother who otherwise respects her privacy vis-a-vis the public. Like she doesn't give interviews and okay. they'll ask, they're like, well, where's your sister? He's like, she's happy, let's leave her alone. And that's the end of the story. All right, well, bully
0: for him. Yeah. That's and good. for her. And for her. It's wonderful that, matter, that they yeah.
1: have like, he's still in the thing that she helped make famous and yeah. she's happy to step away. There's there's something thoroughly un-American about about people being able to say, well, yeah, I'm done with that now," instead of well, like yeah. I need to milk that because I don't have healthcare otherwise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I do well, wonder about that. Well, like if you look at British sitcoms, they yeah. end. Oh yeah, they don't just end because people stopped caring. Yeah, they no, tell they, a complete they tell story, a story and they, then they're and done they, and they finish. Yeah,
0: I think it has more to do with our national appetite. And I think it has to do with our, and 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 relatedly, mm-hmm. um, we are a nation that still ideates as a frontier.
1: Okay, so the work and, is never and done. And so
0: the work is never done.
1: Yeah, and I do think that, uh, I, I'm going to loop onto that. I think our national identity has to do with um, nothing is ever enough, like you yeah. said, our appetite. But yeah. also that inability to extract yourself from your work life yeah and have a home life hey
0: puritans yeah how lovely Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so something that i as a teacher have struggled for 20 years to do and i think i found the key i yeah so i'll let you know how it goes Yeah. yeah fair fair so she also um uh there was also the sister Jenny, who is the code lead singer with her sister Lynn. Yeah. Uh, Jenny kept going after Lynn left. She wrote more songs for the band after her uh, sister left. Um, she's more public with her life. She's been mostly a solo act, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, since the early 2000s. She seems to have been pushed out for younger women to come into the band, actually, mm. and has had some legal and ethical struggles with her brother and Ekberg. Okay. Um and that brings me to Elf Eckberg. He also called himself Buddha. So you right. have Joker, Buddha, Lynn and Jenny. Okay. Okay. Now prior to founding Ace of Base, Eckberg was a member of a synth band called Commit Suicide until it d- disbanded in 1986.
0: Until it committed suicide. As it were, yeah. As it were. Yeah. I mean.
1: Uh he was a teenager. Uh by the time <clears throat> of their dissolution, he was 16. Okay. so I think he joined them in 83 and they disbanded in 86 and, and he was 16. Now, his connection to them is pretty clear, but his youth makes it a bit of a fuzzy thing. In 1997, Ulf Ekberg gave probably his most thorough response to his connection to the band Commit Suicide that he had up to that point. Now, you might be wondering, why is this such an important connection? Well, in 1993, one of the national newspapers of Sweden made public that one of the founders of the hit Swedish pop band Ace of Bass had neo-Nazi ties. Okay. Ekberg was somewhat less thorough in 93 when he responded to it. Um, But in 1997, he responded on a documentary that pointed it out called Ulf Was a Nazi.
0: Oh, wow. And Not not putting too fine a point on it at
1: all. Because he was part of Commit Suicide, which was a neo-Nazi synth band.
0: Okay, stop. You sure? Stop, (laughs) stop, stop. Okay. So you say Mm -hmm. neo-Nazi band. Synth and band. the first thing yeah. well don't no, stop. Okay. okay. No, no, no. Okay. See, because the point I'm trying to make is I don't think of eighties synth music uh-huh. as being a vehicle for Nazi ideology. Like I picture a bunch of guys who look like uh Judas Priests mm-hmm. with, you know, lightning strike tattoos. Sure, sure. You know, because I mean Judas Priest doesn't have them, but you you yeah. you expect like all the rage, mm-hmm. sturm und drang, right, you know, right. Heavy, crunchy basslines, sure. Yeah, scream vocals. You know, heavy black, heavy, heavy, heavy black. Not just eyeliner, but yeah. like, like you know, paint, like athletic makeup, paint. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think of Vangelis as a, <laughs> as a, as, as, as the genre. Yeah for for that so you, like
1: you don't think that end of the movie scene where there's like different uh fraternities competing with each other and revenge of the nerds and and they bust out with like poindexter on the violin and then a few people you know worms are on the uh yeah you know, on on the uh, keyboards and and you don't think that when you think nazi music not so
0: no much. no not no? not okay. not you know not as much as you might think <laughs> now that you bring it up i'm like well shit why don't i no, I'm really not thinking that. Like, so, so, okay, yeah. a Nazi synth band. synth band. Yeah. Okay.
1: Neo-Nazi. Ne- let's let's be fair. No- okay. Ne- well, Neo-Nazi. It, it well, does cause, matter cause because because since it didn't exist. Right. Also that in the 40s. But so Nazis you- are specifically German. Um, fascism and neo-nazis can be exported ideologies to other places which is kind of an interesting thing. fair okay so here's his quote in 97 okay he says i told everyone i really regret what i've done i closed that book i don't want to even talk about it that time does not exist to me anymore i closed it and i threw the book away in 1987 i took the experience from it i learned from it but that life is not me it's somebody else now here's where I get a bit suspicious, um, because you've got some disassociation there, which typically means that you would just rather ignore what had happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not really taking responsibility, but You're not taking
0: ownership. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool.
1: I get you know trauma is a thing, but but also Ekberg was a party uh, was a member of the Sweden Democrats, which was founded in 1988. Now, in 88, he's 18 years old. Okay. And he's part of this group called the Sweden Democrats. Now, the Sweden Democrats, while not a Nazi party explicitly, they were, in fact, a fascist party explicitly. One of their founders was a fellow named Gustav Ekstrom, a fervent Nazi. Titles are different. Yeah, okay. Yeah. but
0: But, okay. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we say that they were... An explicitly uh, fascist. fascist Yes. Party. Are we, are we saying that, that they like literally self-identified directly as fascists or was it that? Okay. Yes. And so predictably they, they wanted, you know, hyper nationalism state overall. Yep. um, uh, semitism. Okay. Yep. Subjugation of
1: women. Make sure you keep the blacks out. All that stuff. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the whole, the whole nasty potpourri. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right.
1: So that was 88 he joins. And one of the founders, like I said, was Gustav uh, Ekstrom, who was himself a fervent Nazi. Now, what I mean by fervent Nazi is that uh, he had joined the Nordic youth um, in uh, 1936. No, earlier than that, actually, which was the Swedish version of the Hitler youth. Yeah. And not only did he join it, again, you could argue. Different era. Yeah. And you could argue there was a pope who was in the H.J., and he could have been pressed into service. Yeah. This was not pressing into service this early in the 30s. And he rose through the ranks to become a national officer in the organization in
0: 1936.
1: Oh, shit. And uh, you could, oh, you know, the indiscretion of youth by, you know, Gustav Erkstrom. Except that in <clears throat> 1941, Ekström, uh volunteered for the Waffen SS, the military branch of the SS. Okay, wait. Yeah.
0: So in 41... Mm-hmm. So he rose to leadership role in the Swedish Hitler Youth. Yep. In 36. Yeah, the Nordic Youth. Yeah. Nordic Youth. Yep. Five years later. Yeah,
1: when the war is going. When the war is, when the war is what's on mm-hmm. and everybody
0: knows, okay, mm-hmm. he volunteered for the Waffen-SS. For the Waffen-SS. Yep. So by 80-something, he would have been in his 70s, 60s? Yeah, okay. yeah. at okay.
1: the earliest he would have been, I think. Well, let's see. If he joins the youth brigade, basically in in the early 30s, conservatively he's maybe 13 at the youngest, okay. so that would have made him born in 20 or so. Okay. Uh, and so 20 or so. So he's, so to he's in his eighty or so. Seven, so, yeah. so, so by 60, the 80s, 70s, he's, he's in his yeah. 70s. All yeah. right. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to get a feel yeah. 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 on. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, from there he rose to the rank of Rottenfuer, uh, which I just. I love Rotten Fuhrer. Rotten Fuhrer. And he was a translator in Berlin through 1945. So in Uh, 1988, at 81 years old, he founded the Sweden Democrats. He was a lifer. So. Yeah. What
0: I don't get. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, there's many things I don't get. But, so, you, you witnessed Mm -hmm. just exactly what happened during the war yeah yeah and you witnessed just exactly how that all fell apart in spectacular fashion Mm -hmm. and everybody who was at a certain level or above Mm -hmm. in all of those organizations Mm -hmm. wound up at nuremberg yeah wound up um either committing suicide Mm -hmm. Or hanging,
1: yeah. Or or in prison, or in prison for, years, but, or working for NASA. I mean, there's a well, lot of well, ways. Uh, yeah. okay. Well, okay, yeah. yeah, right. You know,
0: but but <laughs> but assuming you weren't a physics genius and right. and you were and you were part of that cadre, how do you get to be 88 years old? Mm-hmm. 81. 81. Yeah. Sorry, how do you get to be 81 years old? Uh-huh. Having have witnessed all of that mm-hmm. and not recognize that it failed. Well, like, you can recognize like,
1: that it failed and come up with reasons why it was still right. Okay.
0: I mean, I mean, I mean I'm I pretty know, sure Captain know, Mal said something Yeah, about I know, this. I know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, great. Bring that up in this context. Why don't you? <laughs> um, I mean, I recognize that logically that's the answer, but mm-hmm. you understand on an emotional level yeah. what I'm saying is
1: like, how do you... But again, like, he joined when at he was puberty yeah so so, so that, which that is programming an important, it's a really important question that you're asking and my answer i think is equally important because i think this will come back round to help explain ulf okay um uh ekberg uh so now the first chairman of the sweden democrats was a fellow named anders klarstrom who as a young man had been a part of the nordic reich party Okay. You may know that name because they're the assholes who were on parade when the old woman, Danuta Danielson, hit one in the head with Smack a purse. Smack one with a purse, and,
0: yeah. and there's a statue of her yes. there now.
1: And the, the prick that she hit would then go on later to torture and murder a gay Jewish man. Oh. Yeah. I wish she'd hit him harder with a brick.
0: I, I yeah, yeah kind of wish it hadn't just been a purse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Andres Clarkstrom uh, was a part of this party uh, okay. and he uh, as a young man was part of nordic reich party and he had made anti-semitic phone calls to sweden's version of ed mcmahon or johnny carson oh uh now how classy right um, you know
0: i love how far-right figures all want to cloak themselves and and you know we're the real intellectuals and we're. Right we're smart and rational and yeah. all these, all these lefties are all just bleeding hearts and they don't mm-hmm. actually have facts.
1: And then you like find out that, no, no, this is your idea of political discourse. Well, and then it gets worse because oh, he was born in 1965. He's a Nazi come lately. Mm. Like I get, I get it with, uh, with, with, uh, Ekstrom. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gustav Ekstrom. Cause yeah. he, he was whirlwinded up in a yeah. in a nationalist movement in his teens. Yeah, during the first uh, iteration of this, but this dude was born in '65. That's 20 years after it failed, and 20 years after like the the roaches have been forced to hide. Yeah, and yet, yeah. Now uh, he was born in '65. Did I mention what band that uh, Anders Claarstrom uh, uh, was a part of until it disbanded in 1986?
0: It was commit suicide, Uh wasn't it? Oh, boy. All right. Okay. So And so so that's how you can have a neo-Nazi synth band. Yes. It's a synth band full of neo-Nazis. Yes, as it were. You know, now I'm starting to think of the haircuts on Flock of Seagulls, and I'm like, Uh you know, (laughs) should we have been looking harder? Yeah, probably. Okay.
1: So in the 1990s, this group attracted a lot of skinheads. Uh, especially for public gatherings.
0: For synth music. Yeah. No, no, I, I didn't mean commit suicide. Oh, oh, okay. I mean... <laughs> the, the party. I, yes, I mean okay. the, the political party. Okay, sorry. The, the Sweden Democrats. Okay.
1: Uh, pronouns, that's my problem. Okay. Uh, so, especially for public gatherings, there were a lot of skinheads, and their platform in 1990 was pretty straightforward as a political party. Repatriate most immigrants who came to Sweden from 1970 forward, ban the adoption of foreign-born children, and reinstate the death penalty.
0: What kind of crazy ass motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's start with the third one because okay, yeah. remarkably enough, that's the least bat shit of the three. Right. Like, like yeah. reinstate the death penalty. Do you understand once you eliminate the death penalty, like that's one of those things. That's when, like, that's like <laughs> when
1: you reinstate it, you're making a real commitment. You're, you're, you're.
0: making, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, well, when you eliminate the death penalty, that's like, building medicare right like you don't you don't go backward from that people look at that and no no you've now set a standard yeah and when you move away from and, that and the standard that's a is, big deal and, and the, the standard, standard is, is the
1: same yeah it's just a matter of pacing yeah
0: <laughs> yeah we don't kill people <laughs> right. you know the state does not kill people right and and like you want to re, you look and, at that and go
1: no 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 let's try it again yeah let's try it again let's
0: try no 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 let's try killing them yeah Like okay, I I grew up Mm -hmm. as we've talked about before. I grew up in a a Reaganite conservative household,
1: which ideologically should have meant that you were against the state killing people. Should have, should have,
0: should have. (laughs) You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, there's that. But but you know the the idea was that uh you know there are some. There are some crimes, there are some criminals that you're not going to be able to rehabilitate. And, you know, the only, the only way to, you know, eliminate the risk to society, whatever, whatever. Right. And of course, then then growing up looking at the statistics and looking at the facts of all of it, I've I've, of course, you know, come out of that that viewpoint. But like, even as somebody who grew up and and did not wholly give up my support of the death penalty until i was fully an adult sure like even when i was a supporter Mm -hmm. looking at countries that had eliminated the death penalty hearing that no no we want to bring it back Mm -hmm. would be enough for me to be like whoa wait whoa (laughs) like i mean we still have it we never got rid of it yeah and like
1: I mean it's it's but, right up there with like removing solar panels from the roof of the White House. Like who does like, that? Like
0: why why? Yeah. What the fuck? Right. So yeah. then so then okay, we're gonna start by reinstituting the death penalty because we want the government to be hardcore. Yeah. Like how nineties is that shit? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. One. Yeah. Two mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go straight to the first one. Yeah, the repatriation, second, since, repatriation yeah. of everybody since 1974. No, seventy. Seventy. 70 okay. Yeah. All right. So it's a nice round number. Sure. Was, okay. Yeah. But but anybody who patriated mm-hmm. over the course of 20 years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're just gonna say nope, fuck off, get yeah, out.
1: Bye now. Like, because it works so well in Uganda. Let's, let's not <laughs> even, yeah, the Indians, you
0: yeah know? let's, let's not even, let's, let's not even talk about the humanitarian aspects of this because no, I you're think, fucking Nazis I think and you the don't, humanitarian that's not, aspect is
1: the reason they're is, doing it. Well, that. is the point. Yes. yeah
0: But, but if, if we're just going to get, if, if we're going to be very, very centrist liberal about mm-hmm. this whole thing. Okay. Let's forget about the moral, ethical, and, <laughs> and humanitarian issues. Let's that is just, centrist liberal. Let's, yeah. Job. Let's just look at the economic impact. Sure. Sure. And like, okay,
1: seventy to ninety. This was ninety. What? Uh, this was uh 90? the platform in ninety. Yeah. Okay, so so twenty a generation,
0: twenty years. Yes. So number one, there's been there's been umpteen thousands of them born in the country mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. So so the ones who were patriated, you're mm-hmm. going to kick out. What about right. the kids? Number one. Yeah. I mean, obviously yep, they yep. want to kick them out too. But whatever but but like legally right where, where, you where, off. How, how are you going how you going to make that happen but but then let's look at the economic impact of that mm-hmm. immigrants we we know statistically mm-hmm. it's been shown by the Trump fucking White House uh-huh. immigrants uh generate more economic activity more economic growth more more money yeah for the economy of the country they move they move into yeah. than native born citizens do yes like, they are a net gain economically. Yep. So you're just going to say, no, no, fuck that.
1: Yep. We're going to kick all of them out. Yeah. And while we're at it, you can't adopt babies that were born somewhere else.
0: Okay. So, so wait. Okay. Wait. Okay. Um, do we know? A one this, could this could have been a one so This could have been. This could have been. But this is fucking with me. I have to. <laughs> okay. like Like, because <laughs> this is, I mean, like, come on. I, gotta, tried. I tried. I tried. This batshit crazy. I tried. This is just so this fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, listen to how much I'm swearing <laughs> in the middle of talking about this. It's yep. just so bloody stupid. Yep. So you're not, and you can't adopt any babies from outside the country. Right. What What does that have to do with fucking anything? Well, I mean. Other than yep. your bullshit witchcraft racist dipshittery. That's, now, but you here, get to it. okay, it's a color thing. Yeah, it's Sweden. Okay, but like, okay, so you you said earlier, you mentioned something about uh the the older guy, the the yeah. Hitler Ekström. youth leader
1: Extrem. No, uh yeah, Extrem.
0: Extrem Extrem, you know, uh getting caught you, you said something about getting caught up in a nationalist movement, right? Yes. Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quibble on that. Okay. It's not a fucking nationalist movement. A nationalist movement would have been we are Swedes. We mm-hmm. speak Swedish. We have the Swedish culture, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no. He worked for the fucking Germans. It's no, not a he nationalist.
1: Went, he went to work for the Germans. Eventually. He started by joining a nationalist youth brigade, which he rose up in the ranks for. And then he decided okay, to go to But the, the roots
0: harvest. of that nationalist mm-hmm. thing were the international tendrils yes. of Nazism, well, which, which which I would say that
1: it's an it's, ethno-nationalism, so it's okay. Uh, that I mean, that's exactly what they were doing. They're creating an ethno-state, yeah. Called Romania, uh, you know,
0: well, okay, but but yes. what I'm what I'm what I'm getting. I mean, like, it's just everything about the idea of that brand. Like, if you're gonna have an ethno-state, mm-hmm. like. It's okay. got to be built around something other than just we're all blonde and fair. Or we're, we're all we're all we're all blonde and fair skinned like I'm gonna Swedish p- I'm gonna push back and back. German are different fucking languages. Yeah. They have different cultural backgrounds. Yeah. The gods they worshipped were different pre-Christianity. Close enough, the brands, though. the brands of Christianity they adopted were notably different. Those don't Germany matter. didn't even Germany didn't even have one unified kind of Christianity in their those, fucking those, country. I'm
1: sorry, I don't see why those uh, things. I if you are creating if you're if creating you, an ethno state, you define no, your ethno state. It's a
0: ratio nationalist state, yeah. and your ideas of race are bullshit.
1: Yes. All right, fine. Yes, I just had to get that
0: off my. Ch- anyway, it's okay. all
1: just such witchcraft. Oh, you're going to be so mad at the next. Episode. God damn it! So. <laughs>
0: They, I'm ready.
1: Are, are you, though? Uh, I do they, they, as a group, uh, this is the Swedish Democrats. Yeah. Uh, they courted such connections as the oh. National Democratic Party of Germany, Natch. Natch. Uh, which which existed in 1990. Yeah. Um, yes, of course. It did. Well, because you do still have rightists, <sighs> but you know, Nazi shit. Like, if a party turns Nazi, it's immediately banned in Germany. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Where um,
0: Where is? Do we know where the where the dividing line is in German? Like in in their law. There it's is like, a. Is, is it is it an issue of like if you adopt... whom I follow, and okay. she
1: she actually she breaks it down pretty well. I can, okay. I can point you to it. But, All right, but anyway. So uh, they courted them. They courted you'd the. Did you
0: think a party with national democrat anywhere in their name in Germany would be throwing up <laughs> like mm-hmm. like all of the red flags with little white circles with swastikas yeah. in them. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. What the... Anyway. Sorry. So,
1: Contin- sorry. So they courted them. They courted a group called the National Association for the Advancement of White People. <laughs> and they am <gasps> courted... sorry. Yeah. That's
0: just so goddamn podunk. Like, no, well, that's anyway, David okay.
1: Duke's group. Oh. All right. Never yeah. Mind.
0: Okay, it's the advancement of, that's yeah. called the U.S. Congress since 17, I don't know
1: what. Oh, that's good, I like that, it's true. That's the
0: Senate, yeah. motherfucker, yeah. like, come on.
1: And also a group called Combat 18 in Britain.
0: Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I've heard, I remember now, hearing about this. Now, I think guys. the
1: research I did for this uh, has put me on a number of lists. Because <laughs> uh, I do have <laughs> deep. Uh, so they've also since, the, the Swedish Democrats, have Jesus. also since linked up with the National Front of France, including uh, oh, no, Jean-Marie Le Pen. Yeah. Jesus. And since the ni- late 1990s, realizing <sighs> that the center was easier to jump rightward from, they began to soften their image to become more mainstream. So they they've stopped doing the let's ban all the browns and stuff like that no 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 we're doing these things which are pro labor we're doing these things which are um and you can be pro labor and a racist i mean america proved that for a long time yeah um you you can you can do stuff like that and so they've gone center um which again it's kind of like uh, hydra going dormant and shield yeah you know? yeah 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 it seems to have worked
0: to parasite. Yeah, it seems yeah. to have
1: worked too because they have become the third largest party in the Swedish parliament. Fuck me. Really? Yeah, and for the longest God time, damn it. all the other parties straight up refused to work with them, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Until recently, the Christian Democrat Party and the moderate party are starting to work with them. They've still retained much of their nationalistic, xenophobic, and racist ideology. They just make it seem softer and they play the civility politics game. Oh, well. So they Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Now, the Sweden Democrats were founded by right wing fascist nationalist Swedish politicians who had yeah. direct lineage to the Bavara Sverge Svenske, or the BSS. Bvar, 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 Bavara S- S- Sverge Svenske. S- um, okay. The BSS. Uh, in English, we call that Keep Sweden Swedish. That was the movement. <laughs> Now, these assholes got started in 1979, and they used to hand out stickers to Swedish girls specifically, warning them to not shame the Swedish race by having sex with black men. Okay. Yep.
0: How many... How... Yep. How much of an issue even is this or was this, in the 70s in Sweden?
1: How much of an issue was lipstick parties in the early 2000s, really? But yet people went apeshit about it and showed up on ER. But but,
0: but I just mean, mean, Mm -hmm. how many black men were there in Sweden in 1970 for this to even be a threat?
1: Well, I would say that given the... liberation of a lot of former colonies okay in in africa and uh south okay. asia
0: okay and then and then moving you into have Europe yeah and, and by that time the the nordic countries all being you know democratic socialist havens mm-hmm. where like no no you can go here and and get, get, well, and get work getting a job get work yeah, yeah. you know okay all yeah. right okay so okay there there might have been a demographic present to be perceived
1: as a threat it, enough that people okay. who wanted to see it as a threat saw it, saw as, it a threat as a threat and could okay. call it as a and threat and it, okay. and it would and, tickle and make that political hay amygdala yeah all right so Jesus. uh it wasn't the word that they used of course uh but uh that's that's what they would give out these stickers yeah and i, I found a picture of the stickers it's oh, hilarious
0: god so yeah like everything i when i was when i was a young man uh-huh like, to one extent or another, everything I did in life mm-hmm. had, at its end goal, mm-hmm. getting laid. Okay. Okay? I'm just going to be blunt about this. Sure. Like Like, sure. other considerations were were there and often were more immediate concerns, but, yeah. like, ultimately...
1: Or realistic. I'm, I, I
0: would, yeah, or realistic. I, you yeah. know, but, but, like, I want to get to a place where... Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know... Getting laid. I'm getting laid. So, like... I have to wonder at the logic of, like, I'm going to be the guy standing on a street corner handing girls these stickers. Because, mm-hmm. like, what what convoluted delusional mindset makes mm-hmm. you think you're going to be seen as anything other than the grossest kind of creep?
1: I Well, you say that, and yet how many of our friends grew up upset? That being the nice guy didn't get them laid.
0: All right, good point.
1: So all right. Now their main focus was to stop immigration to Sweden, but they also claim that was not racist. Which you can make a grammatical argument as such, but it's inherently—it's inherently. Of course, their bumper stickers seem pretty racist because their bumper stickers said things like, "quote Don't let your daughter become a Negro toy," or "quote Negroes threaten what their victims." What the yeah. Now, I imagine that loses something in translation, but that seems to be what it translates into. Now, this group.
0: What?
1: Okay. Okay. The Sweden Democrats, in turn, was inspired by a group called the New Swedish Movement, which was started by a guy named Per Engdahl, who was...
0: His name, I've heard.
1: He was a Nazi-loving politician who started that party in 1941, because, of course, he did. (laughs) After the war, he ran something called the Malmo movement, uh, which helped Nazis hide from justice and get out of Europe.
0: Oh, moved him down to South America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I wonder, and this is just me wondering and never having done the research, I wonder if there's a connection of the, because the, Malmo is a town. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the Malm Luggage Company is related to that town. And it just kind of... Yeah, you kind of wonder. You know, yeah. Don't know. But anyway. Anyway. He was a world leader in the European neo-Nazi movement of the 1950s. Yes, there was, in fact, a neo-Nazi movement starting in the 50s. Yeah. Now, just... now that's... Yeah. that Now, we're going to go back to Eckberg. Okay. Buddha. Yeah, yeah. Right? In 2013, he said, quote... Commit Suicide was a new wave music band creating and performing electronic music on synthesizers without any political touch or agenda. Which is weird in 2013 for him to have said something that so thoroughly contradicted his distaste for it in 1997. He also claimed that his band was was grouped in with other groups who sang racist lyrics and espoused white supremacy. Incidentally, there's a photo of him from his time in Commit Suicide giving a Nazi salute. Now, he was somewhere between the ages of 13 to 16. Yeah. But. Surrounded
0: by older people. He's
1: also said, though, like, I am ashamed of that era. But in 2013, he says.
0: Has this weird kind of bizarre bizarre reversal kind of thing. Yeah. Uh,
1: Several reporters attribute the following lyrics to commit suicide. Quote. uh, So uh, assume a a synth beat.
0: Yeah. The the 80s version of. mm 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 Yeah. mm Yeah
1: uh so men in white hoods march down the road we enjoy ourselves when we're sawing off the n-words heads immigrant we hate you out 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 nordic people wake up now shoot 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 i assume out 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 and shoot 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 are call and response but i don't know but that that was part with, of the with band
0: music it could in new wave it could just be repetition yeah new new wave was not call and response okay much but
1: uh racism tends to be yeah so uh, granted but
0: wow but yeah
1: so those were the lyrics of the band that did not have much political touch or agenda yeah ekberg has also denied membership with the sweden democrats stating that it's a quote factual error which is a weird way of saying i was never in them yeah like i you know go ahead ask me ask me damien if i've ever been a member of the nazi party Have you, Mm Damien, ever been a member of the Nazi party? Well, that's a factual error, Ed. Like, doesn't that seem really... It it seems, but but okay, but but here's... Ask me again, ask me again.
0: Damien, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Nazi party?
1: Fuck no. Okay. See, that's different. Yeah, much, much, much more, yeah. yeah.
0: But how much of, when you say, he says it was a factual error, Mm -hmm. how much of that is a translation thing? I'm pretty Swedish. sure
1: the Swedes are not as bad as the Romans about being able to say yes or no. Yeah, okay. All so right. I think just, there's a no Or the word. Japanese for yeah. the
0: better. But yeah, okay. All right. Understood.
1: <laughs> so most of his denials and apologies are flaccid verbal gymnastics, I think. Okay. But translation may be a thing. I'm still holding out. Like yeah. I'm going to be All as right. gracious as I can. But still, it's it's weak tea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Eckberg, because of his previous denials, he strikes me as someone who'd rather not think of himself in that way and therefore not give full countenance to the past. And if you're not going to give full countenance, I get to doubt your sincerity. Especially, especially if we start to dig at the name Ace of Base. Remember that base in Laurent? Yeah. The German uh, Navy planned so many successful submarine attacks from that site that it was known colloquially as the base of aces.
0: What? Okay.
1: The Swedish pop band Ace of Base, not Ace of Base with an S, but Ace of Base with an E. e yeah. As one would imagine with Euro dance music, has claimed various origins of their name. Fair. Uh, For instance, uh, the studio was considered a base, and they're the aces, and they're the aces of the base. Okay, okay, yeah. And and generally, in their early years, the story centered around the studio, studio being the base, and they're aces, Uh, experts, masters of their craft of that base. So, ace of base. In 2018, Wolf Eckberg said, quote, The name came out of a hangover I had on New Year's Day. So I was hungover watching MTV, and I saw Motorhead's video for their song Ace of Spades. Okay. I liked the name and thought I'd play around with those words. We're four members of this band, so I thought, good, four aces. I'll keep the ace. Then I thought of our studio and how it's our base. Okay. It seems innocent enough. Accidentally an inversion of some obscure bit of Nazi trivia, like a Kekistan flag or something. Yeah. Weird that both are pretty closely tied and clearly tied to Nazi Germany's Navy, but okay. okay. And it's weird that they'd be named by Ulf Eckberg, who has several ancillary, not entirely deniable, not entirely denied connections to the group that dig obscured Nazi shit. Yeah. So that's the name. Now, let's talk about that debut album, huh? yeah kick ass it was called happy nation and it was released to the world in november 1992 but it wouldn't reach the united states market until november of 93 and by then the title happy nation everywhere else was called the sign it's catchy it's got a fun dance beat varied vocals that whistling uh that w- that w- that they're known for from this album yeah several songs had whistles it had in that
0: it. had that same kind of note yeah, to them.
1: and now I'm going to avoid most references to the music videos because the relationship between an artist's song and the people who make the videos is not always in perfect sync with yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, and so, again, I'm trying to extend as much grace, grace as I can. possible. Uh, it definitely pulls, uh, as a band, from a bit of the old influence of reggae and West Indies music that you can find in Rude Boy ska okay. uh, uh, from the late 70s interestingly so did neo-nazi punk uh owing to the co-opting of skinhead fashion yeah. and culture by neo-nazis and ruining really cool looks yeah uh but drawing from the same well is not enough to convict someone of neo-nazi pop music okay the uh, lyrics are a bit odd they feel very filippo marinetti very futurism
0: okay uh
1: the precursor to fascism yeah the art, the pre-world war one yeah here is happy nation happy nation living in a happy nation and i can hear the song on oh my head. yeah where the people understand and dream of the perfect man a situation leading to sweet salvation for the people for the good for mankind brotherhood we're traveling in time ideas by man and only that will last Here's something from the 1909 Futurist Manifesto. Come on, my lads, let's get out of here. At long last, all the myths and mystical ideals are behind us. Nothing at all worth dying for, other than the desire to divest ourselves finally of the courage that weighed us down. For those who are dying anyway, for the invalids, for the prisoners, who cares? The admirable past may may be a balm to their worries, since for them the future is a closed book. But we, the powerful young futurists... Don't want to have anything to do with it. The past. Tonally.
0: Tonally, totally very similar. Mm-hmm. It, the, the happy nation mm-hmm. kind of sounds like the futurist manifesto. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, it's a small world version of the futurist manifesto. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna polish all the rough edges off of it yeah we're gonna have a bunch of little bobblehead dolls kind of bouncing back and forth singing it's all gonna be very happy happy joy joy exactly and 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 it sounds utopian Mm -hmm. and it's not until you go Wait a minute. Can you can you give me that line about the perfect man? You know one funny more time? that yeah yeah cuz it like, seems
1: to see a perfect man hold, as a perfect solution
0: Hold on for there. everyone
1: in one single happy nation. nation. Not happy world. No no. Happy nation. Well yeah. Now I don't think this is a love song to Hitler. I do think that it's still drawing from the same water that Eckberg was swimming in as a youth though.
0: Oh yeah. Well, the whole idea of, you know, Mm -hmm. unity within the nation, everybody, you know, working together there, there is a way to yearn for unity Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that is, that is normal, that is healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we want to, we want everybody to be on the same side. Ideally, we would all like to be working together toward a common goal. It's, it's, you know, it's an attractive idea, whether you're a righty or a lefty. Yeah.
1: Steve like you, you like
0: that? Yeah, no, Steve Rogers, the socialist Steve Rogers, yeah. would be like, well, no, yeah, we all got to pull together. Yeah, you know, the difference is, okay, how do we emphasize that? You know, in the one case, it's no, no, we are all out looking out for one another would be the lefty version of right. it. Right. Whereas, no, no, we're all working together for the greatness of the nation and is the righty version. And one and one one perfect one, man, one perfect man yeah. is gonna you know make the it's decisions a, for us. And we all have and to follow them. Very. You could, yeah, you know, he's out of line, but he's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. or no, no, he's not, he is out of line, but he's also wrong <laughs> yes. in this case. But you know, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, so yeah, anyway, I, yeah, and I, again, I, wow,
1: I must point out that when it was released in the U.S., the album was not called Happy Nation, the playlist was specifically rejiggered so that Happy Nation remained buried at the bottom of the heap. It's like oh song I, yeah. Track ten. I couldn't find anything beyond Arista Records arguing marketability for renaming it. By the way. Oh wow. Here's some more lyrics. And over time, we've learned from the past that no man's fit to rule the world alone. A, hap- a man will die, but not his ideas. Happy nation. Just really uncomfortable.
0: Now that that yeah. again yeah. again again. Yep. You could be talking about Gandhi. We don't know. Right. Right? Right. You know, you could be talking about Martin Luther King Jr. You could. Dr. Be. Dr. King. You, you could, could be talking be. about him. There's a lot of JFK. Cover. Yes. Like there's any number of people you could yeah. be talking about. And then you realize, wait, you were a member of what party again? Yeah. Or or you won't well, you won't truly you deny, deny having been yeah. a member of what party again? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, by 1994, uh, Per Ingdahl had died, and he was one of the founding fathers of Swedish fascism. Yeah. He died, but his ideas, as I showed above, with the various right-wing political parties in sorry. Sweden, sorry. lived on.
0: Yeah. Sorry, but Swedish fascism, mm-hmm. for some reason, it just I I, I, know. I, I, I know. like like it sounds like, so fluffy. It sounds yeah, it really does. Like like you yeah. know, um, do 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 you have to do you have to to build? Like like do they do they give you you pegs to you know or said it said it set of wooden pegs to to put together the your, concentration, the camp, concentration barracks. camp barracks you know, yeah. like or yeah yeah like like fascism by IKEA. Like so, how wait. But okay. yeah,
1: so Per Ingdahl died, but his ideas lived on. And given the focus on Sweden for the Swedes, happy nation yeah. remains a bit suspect to me. I don't think it's a love song to Per Per uh Eng, Engdahl. I don't think so. I do think, though, that the water that we, the programming that we receive when yeah. we're younger, oh, the yeah. water that we swim in, and yeah. then the cultural milieu does influence it. Now, the yeah. band itself has said that the song was, quote, an anti-fascist song and a hymn to life. Cool. Eckberg claimed that it was a The response- other, all
0: of the other members of the band probably looked at it and went, okay, cool. Right. The guy who wrote it might have, anyway.
1: Ekberg himself claimed that it was a response to, quote, everybody talking about how bad everything is. I think the best thing is to see the positive. Again, pretty vanilla, non-remarkable. Artists don't have to be deep philosophers about their art. No. And not to throw shade, but 1990s Swedish pop is not known for its depth in either language. No. I reiterate here, I don't think they're doing any of it on purpose. I don't think that Ulf Eckberg is deliberately trying to spread Nazi propaganda but I do think that some of his firmware was set <laughs> and he keeps bringing him back to certain themes when it comes to music. Yeah. It's, it's like a less benign version of how I can't seem to help, but turn everything into pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, now or, yeah. Let's look at the sign. Okay. You there know? we go. Everybody knows it. Okay. Uh, so. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta yeah. share this, this okay. story. Okay. So
0: in college, mm-hmm. uh, junior and senior year, Mm-hmm. Uh, One of my my best friends Mm -hmm. um, is is one of those guys who uh, he can put background music on Mm -hmm. and have the same song playing Mm -hmm. for 12 hours Mm -hmm. while he's doing something else. And for him, all it is is background noise. Like he's he's one of those people who either doesn't hear lyrics or like it just it doesn't there's a different level of his brain on which it operates than, say, me and my other roommates. Mm Uh, we had, we had a four bedroom apartment. He was in one of the downstairs bedrooms and he got, uh, the sign Mm -hmm. and he put it on repeat Mm -hmm. while he was working on rebuilding, literally rebuilding his computer. Mm -hmm. And it took about six hours Mm -hmm. before. I don't remember which one of the others of us in, in the apartment finally stuck our heads in his door and went, are you okay? (laughs) Can we please turn this off? Because, you know, for the first hour, like it's a really catchy tune. It is catchy. Yeah. And then after hour three, you're like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. And yeah, so okay. that's 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 one of my most visceral memories of ace of bass right what, there.
1: What's interesting with that is that it's not even it was not even originally on the debut album. Really? The debut album for America it was on. Okay. But not in the debut album. Uh, the U.S. release had it uh, because they couldn't call it Happy Nation. So okay. they wrote another song and put that on there. And this was the second single to come out of that album, If My Togo's Memory Serves Me. And I say that specifically because while you were in college listening to your friend fix his computer, I was working at Togo's in Walnut Creek. And VH1 was... Was on TV because VH1 is safe for the white people of Walnut Creek, MTV is not, and and the sign would come
0: on. Uh,
1: that's funny. No fewer than six times in a shift, and so every single time that I hear the sign, I smell pickles.
0: it's <laughs> uh, oh, so, such a weird synesthesia it really thing, is. like. <laughs>
1: So, the lyrics of the sign are pretty benign and banal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here they are. Okay, I, I got a new life. You would hardly recognize me. I'm so glad. How can a person like me care for you? Why do I bother when you're not the one for me? Is enough enough? I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Life is demanding without understanding. I saw the sign and opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. No one's going to drag you up to get into the light where you belong, but where do you belong? It could absolutely be a song about the reawakening of someone. I mean, this is only a couple years after Wilson Phillips with some, someday somebody's going to make you want oh, to yeah. turn around and say yeah, goodbye. Oh, yeah, 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 And, yeah. you know, like like affirmation, you deserve better yeah, music, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, um, it could absolutely be that. And, uh, and as
0: you were reading those lyrics, uh-huh. I heard yes. the song. Yes. Because it was just that ubiquitous. Yeah. And it's yeah.
1: catchy as hell. It's, yeah. it's Swedish pop. Um, I also, uh, with, with that song, I loved, so uh, I was dating a gal that um, she showed me Pitch Perfect. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm never going to watch Pitch Perfect. I love Pitch Perfect. It oh, is yeah. such a great send-up of so many great things. It's, it's
0: an amazing film.
1: But the the Barden Bellas, the whitest girl group there is. Yeah. At the whitest college there is. What's the song they open with? Yeah. The sign. Uh, and I showed that 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 opening because where the gal just barfs everywhere. Oh, just vomits. Yeah. Uh, I showed that to my daughter. And she, <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. Uh, so this song could yeah. absolutely be somebody realizing I deserve better, and their friend telling them. Then again, Per Ingdahl did see the rise of fascism as a reason to react and create a new Swedishness as early as 1932. And in 1944, he would say, quote, today, which was April 23rd, 1944, we can only salute Adolf Hitler as God's chosen savior of Europe. But again, it feels like I'm grasping at straws here. So it's clearly someone who's come out of darkness, unconsciousness, and some sort of complacency. A cataclysmic event of some sort has awakened him or her. And now the author wants to encourage others to bring themselves out of this sleepy place too. It's just – Yeah. But I'm, I'm also tripping over the quote, uh, how can a person like me care for you? Why do I bother when you're not the one for me? obviously he or she has just moved on beyond the person that they're leaving behind you know yeah is enough enough i guess yeah i mean you've done your best and you're you're done yeah. you know i saw the sign and it opened up my eyes i saw the sign life is demanding without understanding i saw yeah. the sign and it opened up my eyes i saw the sign no one's going to drag you up to get into the light where you belong but where do you belong Or could it be newfound faith in one's identity because you've seen the light the sign of a chasmic cataclysmic political enlightenment and you feel your Viking blood stirring okay Jonas Bergren, who Joker who wrote it he said it was more about looking back at old relationships whereas his sister Jenny saw it more as your journey on the road of life Wolf Eckberg is conspicuous in his absence from uh, this <laughs> from song's commentary. credits. Yeah, well, also from this song's credits. Oh, okay. Like he was credited with almost all the other songs. In fact, this is one of the only two that he's not credited on, which kind of makes sense since this was added to the album for the American release and not part of the original. But what I get a kick out of is its feature in Pitch Perfect. Very white, very conservative, coated, dressed. They're they they're dressed by like. 1960s These housewives uh, i was gonna say uh uh stewardesses oh yeah okay. um same okay, uniform yeah, yeah. uh yeah, yeah. lead singer is anna camp who had previously played the sexpot wife of a hypocritical televangelist in true blood she vomits copious uh, oh yes and i don't i don't really dig blondes very often there's something about her that i just find eminently yeah. attractive um, but she vomits a lot oh, yeah. in her solo. Maybe that's what it is. The inclusion of that specific song with its pop roots, with its super catchy hook and its soccer vanness. Yeah. Um, such a beautiful setup inversion version of the expectation. I just I love it. Now the final song of that album I want to look at is a bit more in line with my theory that Ace of Bass is very much influenced by the childhood exposure of Ulf Elkberg or Eckberg to ultra right wing rhetorics and politics. And that mm-hmm. is all That She Wants. It was the first American single. Yeah. It is a song that is somewhat scornful of female sexual freedom and agency. Because the word baby means boyfriend colloquially in Sweden at that time. And okay. if you look at the Britney Spears song, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Yeah. She's not saying infant slap me. She's saying boyfriend. Yeah. And hit me is to call me. Yeah. Um. So, Baby is colloquial for boyfriend. Okay. Um, and it's in a mournful minor key, conveying regretfulness, tragedy, yeah, sadness. Yeah, yeah. Potentially menace, but for the quick beat of the song. The lyrics themselves focus on what Ekberg says is a typical Swedish, Norwegian, or German girl who, quote, meets lots of boys. Now, Nordic ideas on a woman's sexuality are a lot likely, or they're likely a lot less judgy than our own puritanical, self-contradictory ideas in America, Okay, but there's something pulling judgment into the song there, and both Jonas and Jenny Berggren have gone on record as stating that it's about a woman who's not healthily making these choices. Jenny said it's because the girl isn't whole, and Jonas says that it was subconsciously about a girl he knew a long time ago, but he doesn't appear to remember her fondly. Now, three of the four members have remarked on somewhat negative connotations toward a woman being sexually libertine. It might also be the minor key that it's in. It might also be the lyrics themselves. It's not the anti-Semitic anthem about welfare state that some people have claimed, because that is what people have claimed.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the argument. Yeah,
1: and that rests a lot on circumstantial evidence that includes the video, a misunderstanding of the word baby, and the implications of that misunderstanding. Yeah. And there's tons of evidence to show that baby means sexual or romantic partner and not external parasite. Yeah. Uh, Especially in Sweden. Because first, the song is very much inspired by Swedish pop artist Kayo. Kayo or Kayo? K-A-Y-O. A woman of Nigerian descent who sang a song called Another Mother. Which is a woman saying that she's not there to take care of her baby read boyfriend, but to be an equal partner and he's not measuring up so it's over. She's telling him that the woman he's running to is also not another mother and it's kind of got a nice reggae house sound to it which is pretty common for Sweden at that time and it easily echoes into all that she wants. Also, the amount of songs written in Sweden that end up using Baby as a boyfriend or romantic partner are pretty voluminous, right? Uh, Like I said, Hit Me Baby one more time. But what this song is, though, is a more conservative song about a woman's sex. And I think that ties back to what moved Ulf Ekberg in terms of a musical foci. Remember the taxonomy from the new Swedish movement post-World War II all the way through to the Sweden Democrats. On the way to that, Swedish far-right politics delved into specifically focusing on women's sex and what they chose to do with it. Recall the BSS, the Keep Sweden Swedish Group, that would later turn into the Sweden Democrats, which Ekberg joined after commit suicide disbanded in 86. The Sweden Democrats self-identified in 88. But the BSS, its immediate precursor and thus a significant part of its political identity, partly focused on telling Swedish girls not to shame themselves sexually by intermixing and telling parents to guard their daughter's sex to discouraging uh, allowing black men to have sex with their daughters. Okay. I think that conservatism, that racism, uh, absolutely, it was in his firmware, as we know, and I think that absolutely led into these lyrics uh, to the point where it gets somewhat misogynistic. And the song will mean different things to different people. I yeah. don't think the Berggrens grew up in the same way that Ekberg did. But it starts by saying that she leads a lonely life. And in the first verse, it just seems like a gal who had a good night and is enjoying her freed time. It kind of reminds me of Norwegian wood, quite honestly. I once had a girl, or should I say, she uh, once had me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. one country over. There's no real bitterness directed her way for it either, but the second verse, I guess, once she's done with the beach and the first chorus, kicks in with this. All that she wants is another baby. She's Mm -hmm. gone tomorrow, boy, and all that she wants is another baby. Yeah. So if you are in sight and the day is right, she's the hunter, you're the fox. The gentle voice that talks to you won't talk forever. It is a night for passion, but the morning means a goodbye. Beware of what is flashing in her eyes. She's going to get you. They've turned her into a predator. Yeah. And she's seeking fuck trophies. Okay. Otherwise, why are you talking about fox hunting? Yeah. You know, it doesn't actually... The fox doesn't rhyme with anything. They, yeah. She's the hunter, you're the fox. I mean, they actually carry the syllable. I was... Yeah. You I almost thought
0: it was fawn. No. Was like, okay. Yeah. No, fox. Okay.
1: Uh, so you could have used other words <sighs> yeah. uh, effectively. But also, this song is warning you. It's about her, but it's warning you. And this could tie back to the girl that Joker knew. Sure. It could also tie back to the empty compulsion that Jenny talked about.
0: Thematically, it's manier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it could be both of those things. But also, it could be a series of cultural assumptions and expectations that Buddha, Mm Eckberg, is making about a woman whose sexuality he scorns, partly due to how libertine she is. And all of that comes across as an appeal to traditional values, which is the bailiwick of the far right, no matter the country.
0: What's funny Mm -hmm. is the first time somebody told me, oh, yeah, Ace of Base, no, they're they're Nazis, I thought of this song. Mm -hmm. And what I immediately went straight to was the Nuremberg rallies. Oh. And the idea that, you know, during the Nuremberg rallies, young German girls were encouraged. Yes to yeah. to get it on with Aryan yeah. young men yeah, and yeah. have little blonde babies. Yep. That's
1: That's ooh, yeah.
0: You know, like when when people told me, well, you yeah. know, I mean, they're they're Nazis, you know right. that, right? It was like what? They, what? And then I thought about the lyrics to that yeah. song. I'm like, "Oh, well, Nuremberg rally, well, yeah, ah, you know, I mean, it was it was right a weird, thing. it was yeah. a weird yeah. kind of convoluted thing, but it,
1: yeah. Well, and and the Nuremberg rallies were Nazi propaganda of the 30s, which Per Ingdahl, the cornerstone of the Swedish far-right thinking yeah. and politics, most certainly found common cause with...
0: Oh, you know he was a Lenny Riefenstahl fan. Oh, Jesus. Like. Yeah.
1: The the stereotypical <laughs> Jewish woman was portrayed as a younger uh, Jewish woman um, uh, uh, who are oversexed and indulgent. Uh, Jewish women were also portrayed as... I
0: don't as, feel like they've met very many. Anyway sorry well, but anyway yeah jewish women were also portrayed
1: as being more sexually promiscuous at the time and as, as the carriers of stds and seducers of good aryan men again you you also portray the men as being like rats so yeah, okay you know, yeah yeah you, you, yeah. Got, you got a okay. full court press
0: i just find it interesting mm-hmm. that the stereotypes that that you know people
1: you throw up against them in, in the, yeah yeah so.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's kind of what I'm getting. at. Yeah. It's 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 weird to me how the how the the negative stereotypes are so dramatically different. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: yeah. OK. So the image of Jewish women um, uh, helped to effectively set up an Aryan woman as virtually virtuous and idealized. Which thereby others, non-Aryans. Okay. Right? yeah, And also there's a sense of predation carried through from that propaganda to 1993 in Swedish pop written okay. in part by a man who had far right leanings. Okay. So ultimately, was Ulf Ekberg a Nazi? No. Was he a teenager who fell in love with some Nazi and fascist shit? Most definitely. Okay. Was the rest of Ace of Base? They don't seem to be at all. And he's gone to great lengths to exonerate them and distance them from his own past which he still doesn't deny emphatically.
0: <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. And they didn't seem... The fact seem... of whether or not I was ever yeah. a Nazi.
1: And they didn't seem to know any of his childhood dalliances with Nazi and fascism before he joined them either. Uh, and well, hearing... you know, it's
0: not exactly anything you'd spend a lot of time advertising right. for one thing. And, right. and like, you know...
1: And given his non-apologies and his seeming desire to leave it all behind, that seems pretty in line with what he'd do, and many of us would too. We would just want to forget our shittiness. But his compass does seem to keep pointing back to the ideals and underpinnings of far-right ideology and that seems to have a knock-on effect on the music that ace of bass put out that was popularized in america in the early 1900s and it's that connection you mean I think early is, 1990s yes sorry yeah. uh and i think that connection is most fascinating here's why in 1993 and 1994 black artists and hip-hop were crossing over into pop a lot Oh, yeah. Boys to Men, yep. Heavy D, Diggable Planets, Tupac, Onyx, Naughty by Nature, Cypress Hill, Salt and Peppa, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and The Fresh Prince, Wu Tang Clan, E40, Snoop Dogg, Mac Dre were all heavily successful in those years, and they were finding crossover success in the pop world. Not only that, but many of these had a second album that were coming out in 93, following through on their breakthrough success from prior year. And there were plenty of debut albums, too. And for many white suburban parents in 1993, when the culture wars were happening, as I've discussed ad nauseum in a few different episodes, Ace of Bass was far safer. And the lyrics hearkened to something that felt safer as well.
0: As you said, VH1 was safe for the white people of Walnut
1: Creek (laughs) during this dangerous time. Yes. And it was music that parents could also get into because it's poppy it's not the the it doesn't really, have the, the, the yeah. heavy
0: pulsing kind of kind of right of west coast what, uh, west coast or yeah. or
1: or you know the the high-end stuff of the east coast and i might have mixed those up no um, i think you got and write. it doesn't talk about things that are so alien to suburban parents um, and the kids who preferred, but the stuff that was
0: alien to suburban parents was exactly what made suburban white kids eat it the fuck
1: up. Well, also I think it was it was like, new I mean, rebellion. And was, yeah, new yeah. There was and, a layer of authenticity, but also yeah. kids who didn't really like hip hop, who liked modern rock. This also blended with that too. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Ace of Base is not. So they as...
0: had white people crossover. Yes.
1: Potential. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was something safe for parents to buy, buy for their kids. Hey, like, you know, for your Christmas stocking stuffer or one of your Christmas gifts, you get an Ace of Base CD and you're like, Oh, not bad. You know, um, but it would get a little bit, you know, it'd take up some time from Cypress Hill.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Create a break in the, in the, in the house playlist. Yeah.
1: You know, now Ace of Base.
0: So that they could get away from insane in the membrane for,
1: you know, an hour. Yeah, Ace of Bass is not a secret Nazi music any more than Judas Priest is telling kids to kill themselves. But it definitely has a specific historical resonance to Swedish ultra right wing politics that is made more acceptable by its use of reggae and house fusion. So do do I feel guilty listening to Ace of Bass a little bit? And I know what's driving it, or at least what water it was boiled in, and that shit's poison. (laughs) But it also gets my toe tap, and it puts a little honey in my hips, and I enjoy it. And this is why I think I understand better adult conversion to religions that have institutional histories of massive abuse and atrocities, for which they've given bland blanket apologies and made little, if any, effort toward restoring justice toward those who were victimized. Your spiritual toe gets to tap to the beat that they're playing no matter what they did in the past. And you're picking what you're resonating with out of it, and I can't really fault that. Okay. Yeah,
0: I feel a little come for.
1: (laughs) It was in the title.
0: I'm just. I know. Well, I. I know. I I know. Pay these things. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Chekhov's Chekhov's gun. (laughs) Yeah. No, I didn't forget. I've been waiting for it. (laughs) Yeah. But but I'm gonna say that last little bit was kind of like, and now the thrust home. Yeah. Like oh oh. I never expected a blow from the left. <laughs> As Principal you Skinner know. said,
1: prove me wrong, <laughs> children. Prove, <laughs> prove me, me wrong. <laughs>
0: so. No, no. I'm right. It is the children who are wrong. Yes. Um.
1: So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So what have you gleaned?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to have to spend some time digesting the last stinger there at the end. That, that you know, I don't flesh. Well, no, the, the whole episode is a flesh to the thrust home at the very <laughs> end, but um, I think I, I think what what I what I am left with most most pointedly mm-hmm. is the sudden recollection, mm-hmm. and and I robbed you of the chance to to expand on it anymore with my you know oh my god no wait <laughs> moments earlier in the episode, but. Um, remembering what the popular culture Mm -hmm. landscape and the pop specifically landscape Mm -hmm. looked like literally half our lives ago. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, senior year of high school going into college and how much if I were to go back in time right now, how much I would Mm -hmm. look at myself at that time and go, yeah, you don't, realize that you're kind of perpetuating inculcated patterns of kind of racist bias but you really are like hell the first 10 years of teaching for
1: me was that okay i'm sorry (laughs) to say yeah you know yeah but but
0: you know and 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 thinking about the the kind of visceral way that i that i responded to rap yeah negatively visceral and and now like with with a life experience mm-hmm. whatever I don't know what what the secret to it is but now looking back at the stuff that was being made during that time period and I can I can listen to Snoop dogg and go no this guy's a fucking genius oh yeah yeah like I didn't I didn't what kind of idiot was I I mean the answer is I was 18 19 you know and we're all fucking dumb when we're 18 19 with a few notable exceptions in human history right. but like you know
1: Alfred Jerry. That's yeah about it okay yeah.
0: but <laughs> but you know like and 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 the the ways in which the world was more racist than it is now, yes, and the way that we mm-hmm. young white people who wanted who wanted to be better but didn't understand how we needed to be better
1: or if that makes sense or what better meant yeah
0: like you know the fact that i was basically one of the people in that time period who was convinced that well you know we, we don't live in a racist country anymore right while i was saying shit about NWA and Snoop Dogg. Right. And, right. you know, like. While you
1: were delegitimizing. While I was delegitimizing an entire Black branch expression. of.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like like a whole musical genre, mm-hmm. one of the few that is uniquely
1: American. Yes. Like. Quite so. You know. Yeah. And so, well, yeah, that's, was, that's yeah. kind
0: of like just wanting to go back and grab 19 year old me by the <laughs> lapels and go, hey, okay, no, look. Yeah. Look, just sit down. And just listen to it. Yeah. For God's sakes. I'm not saying you have to become a fan right fucking now. Right. Just sit down and listen and recognize mm-hmm. it's a thing. Yeah. That's all. Just.
1: That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you want people to read?
0: Um, I What I want people to do is I want everybody to think of a genre of music that you look down on. Mm. Because we all have one. We all have one. I want you to think of a genre of music that you look down on. And I want you to go on Spotify or Pandora or whatever. And I want you to find a playlist of it. Okay. And I want you to do what you can to listen to it with a mind like a blank slate. Try to try to get into Zen beginner's mind mm-hmm. and listen to it for an hour. And if you still think it's shit at the end of that. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But consider how much of your opinion is based on some level of bias of some kind, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Oh, yeah. And by the way, if the genre of music that you have this attitude toward is country music, message me on Twitter, and I will point you in the direction of some artists who are not pieces of shit. Yeah. Because the genre doesn't deserve to be tarred and feathered with some of those individuals. Sure. Toby <laughs> Keith. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) just you know, yeah, no, fully agree. uh, You know, fully agree. So, so please, for for the sake of your own artistic integrity, Mm -hmm. everybody, do that. And you, sir, what do you recommend?
1: Uh, I may have recommended this one recently, but I'm going to re-recommend it. Uh, They thought they were free uh, by Milton Mayer, which is essentially a study of. uh, I think he started by interviewing twelve different people who lived in Germany at the time, and asked them why'd you go Nazi. Um, and the interviews <laughs> with them, it's, it is fascinating. It's a
0: very straightforward question with so much loading.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I Damien phrased it, but yeah, well, yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, for the sake of brevity, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, Germans from 33 to 45 and they thought that they were free and what they voted for and what they thought of Hitler and what they thought of what he was doing and what they allowed themselves to think of and. So like that, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we so often put the blame on the party in charge, which is fair, but that also took the complicity of a nation, a happy nation. Oh, nice touch. Yep. So I'm going to say that. Uh, Yeah. So uh, let's see. You can find me uh, on social media at Duh Harmony. Um, Two H's in the middle of that. Yes. uh, On Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and every Tuesday night, uh, Twitch TV forward slash Capital Puns. Um, uh, by the time this airs, the next uh, Capital Punishment Pun show will be in the beginning of September. There we go. And we just probably by the time this airs, we just had one this last Tuesday. But every Tuesday at eight thirty, you can come check us out there. And uh, of course, this podcast. Make sure you rate, subscribe, review. Uh, Give us the five stars that you know we've. Hell heard. yeah um uh Apple Spotify Stitcher so there you go. where can they find you
0: I can be found at eh blaylock on the Twitter machine I can also be found at eh blaylock on Instagram and Mr Blaylock on TikTok even though you're not going to find very much there um but that's where I can be found and if you want to get a hold of us collectively to uh tell us how we're wrong uh to vindicate my initial interpretation of all that she wants is another baby as being about nuremberg whatever (laughs) um you can find us together at geek history time Mm -hmm. on twitter and our website of course is www.geekhistorytime.com there you go
1: all right well uh let's see for geek history of time I'm Damien Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, get up into the light where you belong.